Episode 292 of the Drunk Dash Friends Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler. And joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables, the hot rod. <laughs> hey, Tyler. Hey, buddy. Oh, man, that's, a, that's an interesting intro. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm doing okay. I just got through with my first real week of being a supervisor for a change. And, uh, well, it was definitely pretty busy. I mean, I think I have been probably the busiest I've been while at work for quite a hell of a long time. And that's on top of everything else that I do. But uh, other than that, though, I have had a chance to play a few games. I did pick up a couple of different things and stuff. And I actually re-upped on my subscription to World of Warcraft, so now I have another two months. But uh, other than that, though... I am doing all right. How have you been doing, Tyler? I'm doing all right as well. Um, the, the unfortunately, the Hawkeyes lost tonight. Uh-huh. That's kind of depressing. First loss of the season. Um, but Gables and I just spent like the last like half an hour watching uh, Pokemon episodes on Twitch. So that kind of made up for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. It, it was something else. Hoo doggy. The amount of time I spent watching Pokemon back in the days. So now I watch. Just watching what episode and a half there, I'm just like, wow, that's pretty rough. That's pretty rough stuff here. Uh, a six year old <laughs> girl was able to break open a steel door, uh, and uh, a giant like six foot, like not six foot, like a thirty foot rock snake or something like that, tugging on a fucking like uh, cobra or something like that, and somehow the cobra not just bending over or being crushed to death is just beyond yeah, me. Not ripped in half, <laughs> stuck between a uh, uh, a hot air balloon and a. 30-foot rock monster. Um, so, quintessentially, it's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is it, almost literal rock and a hard place. Um, yeah, so that was something else. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, been a, it's been rather depressing, though, 24 hours. Aw. Uh, we're, we're, we're just going to slide right into the news, uh, I think, here. I don't really okay. have much more to add. Um, so... People will probably all know now. It's been a big thing. Um, it kind of broke Friday afternoon, and uh, a lot of news has come out. It's kind of died off in the last probably eight or nine hours as this recording. Um, but late Friday night and early Saturday, um, also came out about uh, Telltale Games. Uh, they closed their doors on. Uh, uh, well, not not closed doors, but they are essentially as close to being. Uh, closed as you can you can be without actually being closed uh so they had about 250 employees um friday morning and then a few hours into friday they had about 25 left um wow yeah so um kind of i think kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people um they uh they laid off everybody uh no severance packages for any of them there's no they got two weeks of uh um, insurance stuff like that their benefits and that's gone uh, a lot of them can't get unemployment uh, I was reading just that last week one person actually flew cross country to to get a they got a job there and left their life in the east coast to go start a job there and then was laid off um, wow. so yeah um, pretty crazy uh, so the employee so these employees were told and 
Uh, no, no, this hasn't been confirmed yet, but a few of them have kind of said it, so it sounds it sounds like it's true. Uh, they were told uh, that not only they no longer had jobs, no longer they wouldn't be getting a paycheck. There was no severance package. They lost everything. Uh, they had 30 minutes to leave the premises. Um, and on top of all that, um, Stranger Things, which uh, we talked about a few months ago, they just signed a big deal with Netflix about bringing uh, doing some of the Netflix shows. And not only doing using the IPs, um, Netflix's IPs, but also um, they were going to be releasing some of their uh, their games on Netflix to play. Um, but Stranger Things has been canceled. Uh, the Wolf Among Us Two, uh, excuse me, has been canceled. And on top of that, uh, so everybody, so when it first happened, they said twenty five people were left. It was to finish Walking Dead, the final season. So I think for a lot of people, it was like um, you know, it's like. At least it's the thing that kind of made them pop. wasn't the first thing they did was the thing that made them popular. Um, that at least I mean they can end it, they're going to end it with the final season of the thing that made them. It sound that's just kind of poetic in a way where you know that's like the thing that made them is the last thing they'll ever do. Um, yeah, not the case. Uh, so episode two of four comes out Tuesday, and for all and once again not one hundred percent confirmed, but it sounds like it is true. Um, uh, episode two will be the last episode. Of it, wow. so it's being canceled mid-season. Holy um, shit! Yeah, so the only the twenty-five people left are there just to um, port their Minecraft um, story mode they did um, to Netflix. Um, and then when that's done, it's probably over completely. Uh, Holy shit! Yeah, so um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add to it before I kind of go off and um, on this one, Gables. Well, to be perfectly honest, I'm just kind of in shock, you know, because this news came roughly out of nowhere late Friday, and uh, I do feel very, like, uh, I do feel very sorry and stuff for the people who did lose their jobs, who lost their livelihoods, just quintessentially, just randomly out of nowhere. It sucks, but stuff like that does happen inside of, like, a the gaming workplace, the gaming landscape. Actually, this field... In general, I mean, you there is a bunch of risks from like uh, developers to actually close up shop if they don't make sales, if they don't make like different types of like like uh, margins or something like that that certain companies are supposed to make. But uh, yeah, it's just very sad, you know. But uh, that's pretty much what I have to say, pretty much. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, this one I, I I got home from work yesterday and I was just kind of. Uh, I was online, just kind of catch up on Twitter, and um, I read that, and I just like it, it's one of those things where you read it, and it's just like doesn't like doesn't really like hit you right away, like it doesn't process, you know, like you just kind of keep scrolling through, you know, and then you're like, wait a second, you read that again, like no, that can't be right, and I read it again, I'm just like, what? Because um, initially the, head, the, the headlines were, and the, a lot of people at that point when it first started breaking was, they thought it was closed like completely, and then things started coming up, uh, reports started coming up after the fact. Um, but uh, somebody, you know, I, I've been a fan of Telltale since, I, I think it was like 2011, 2012, uh, when The Walking Dead Season 1 dropped. Um, right. And, you know, I, I, I've talked a lot on on this podcast over the five plus years about uh, about Telltale, um, there's been stretches where I couldn't, I hated them. There's been stretch, well, I hated them, but I've been really frustrated with them. There's been times where I've been 
they're one to me one of the best in the biz. Um, and lately, I got, you know, I felt like they were knocking out of the park. Worth they had like Tales of the Borderlands, which we both loved. Yep. Um, then they had uh, Walking Dead season three, and then they had uh, Batman, Batman season two. Um, there was Guardians of the Galaxy, which was really good. I know some people didn't love it, but I thought it was really good. Um, then they had this final season, and then it's just like it just seemed. And then like they announced all these future projects, and it just seemed like they were getting their shit on like in order. Finally, like with all the things that we were frustrated with um, about there's so many projects going on. There was that rough stretch there in like 2013, 2014, where it was like you would go three months between episodes uh, when with no news or updates on anything, and they just randomly like, hey, it's coming out on Tuesday, and be like a Friday. Um, and there was just so many projects, and just like the stuff, it just wasn't as good anymore. Then there's like Walking Dead season two, Game of Thrones, uh, in there, um, and it finally seemed like they were like, and they it's, so they laid off like half of their employees last November, and it was really sad. But the way they kind of turned it is like, you know, obviously it sucks that like two hundred people lost their jobs, um, but like for the company, it seemed like it was like, oh, this is a good move. Okay, they're they're, they're focusing on. Instead of being spread out and having the A B they had like they had like an A, B, C, and D team, it sounded like, um, for a while there. And then they, they let it go all those employees and was like, now we're gonna focus on a couple projects at a time. Um, we're gonna have like a team that's working on the current stuff and then one team is kind of putting the, the pieces together for the future stuff. And even when like I was just talking about um, a couple months ago about how or about a month ago when uh, episode one of final season dropped for Walking Dead and it was just like they announced every episode. They had a release date for every episode before the first episode came out. Yep. They've never done it before. Uh, they, they've always said the uh, timeline, oh, you know, six to eight weeks, we'll have a new, uh, new episode. And they've done a decent job. Like, like Or like with Batman, the first season, they like, we're going to do one episode a month. And we're going to complete the whole um, season in four months. And they did that. They stuck to it. Um, and it just seemed like they were finally getting everything back on track. And they released a statement um, stating basically like that, where like, we were getting things, you know, like we, we made some tough calls and we were trying to put everything back together and turn the ship around. We just ran out, or, you know, uh, we just ran out of time. Uh, and they unfortunately, I don't, I mean, if you're hiring somebody uh, uh, just a week ago to move across country to come work for you and then you're laying them off, it, it makes me seem like this was something that happened recently. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of crazy. Like, you wouldn't be hiring people and bringing people in just to get rid of them a week later. No. Uh, so it makes me wonder, like, to me, like, yeah, I think for some people, like, we saw we saw some, there were some concerns there, especially last November when you heard about the layoffs. But they kind of, when they did a good job of kind of twisting it, maybe not twisting it, but, like, the, the story they told, I'm like, okay, that's, I mean, okay, that's, it sucks, but I, you know, it's it's maybe for the future of the company, it's the best thing. And then they got rid of the, the one the one of their founders, the co-founders that was the last one left. He got fired um, back in the spring. Uh, he's suing them, um, so that was concerning. But I'm like, okay, maybe he, you know he 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 was he was the guy in charge when uh, things were, like were going going awry. So maybe like oh, got rid of this guy and we're, we're okay. We're on the we're on the right path again, um, and. Here we are. It's over, you know, pretty much. Um, and I don't know. It's just it, it's. I had a lot of emotions. Like it was, it was, it was a, like this one hit me more than probably anything has hit me. Like we 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 don't typically talk about closures too much, unless it's kind of a big no. thing. Like EA closes, a, you know, closes a studio or something like that, or something big happens. 
Um, we don't typically talk about them, but this one, I, I feel like we, we kind of had to just, just maybe on for my side of it where like I telltale is one of my favorite game companies, maybe my favorite, uh, game company, um, and see them gone. Uh, it's just, it's depressing. And, um, to read it online, there's definitely a lot of positive people. And then there's like the shitty people. Oh, well you should update your engine. Oh, your game's glitchy. Yeah. Yeah. We know. Uh, maybe, yeah, they should have, you know, there's, yeah, there's always, there's two people on the internet, I guess. There's the douchey ones. And then there's like the thank you guys ones. Um, uh, uh, Greg Miller actually did a tweet this morning or posted a tweet this morning. Um, basically saying thank you, but it, like the way he phrased it was just about how like walking dead, maybe cry tales of borderland, maybe laugh. Um, and it's had his long post. So if you got, I would search that one out. It's really good. Um, but it's it, it's just it's tough because like and they were talking some of the guys and they were talking I was reading I, I spent a lot of time reading about this uh, yeah. and the people like the people that lost their jobs were, were tweeting about it like you know we're one of the best narr- narrative uh, game writers in the in the business and they are I think um, they're one, they're probably one or one a um, and it, it just sucks it's frustrating and it sucks uh, obviously these people lost their jobs but it's just how it's just, it, I was stunned by that. Just how, like, they got all these big IPs. Um, you're, you're bringing all this stuff. You had just had announced that big Netflix deal. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know what to say about it. It's just, I've been thinking about it for a whole 24 hours on how to process this whole thing. And I still don't know how to do it. Um, you know, like, I just, really, I just thank you to those guys. Um, all 200 and some odd of you. 500 and some of you, including the ones that were laid off last year. Because, uh, you know, I, I've loved the majority. I played them all, except for the Minecraft one. Loved them all. Or, at the very least, liked them quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't know. It sucks. And it's frustrating. Um, and the now, like, this, with the season being canceled, there's a lot of talk about. Because you couldn't buy the episodes. Five, you know, at a, usually they're five bucks a piece. You yep. can't buy Walking Dead final season. You can't buy it um, episodically. You got to buy the whole season yep. for twenty bucks. So for us that bought that season, like, are we SOL? Um, is this a? Or is there like a refund coming? Is there a make good? Like, what, what's going to happen there if it's actually mm-hmm. over? You, you gave us two of the four episodes. Um, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, technically, they gave us something, but it's not what they what they advertise are giving us. So I don't know. It, it it's a whole mixed bag. I guess we'll probably I'll probably talk more about it when we find out because whether you know I don't. It, it's not you know it's twenty bucks. It's not a big deal, um, cash wise. But I'm curious what what's gonna happen with that. I'm sure it's gonna be a was brought up. But uh, yeah, I just thank you to all you guys uh, at Telltale, all you former well the war war at Telltale. Um, you know, Walking Dead season one is was on my top thirty games of all time list. Um, it was one of my games of the generation, um, last gen. Uh, so, um, masterpiece games are one of the ones that kind of turned me into like more of a narrative driven gamer. So, um, I hope those guys land their feet and, uh, uh, some, there's been some cool stuff like Ubisoft actually posted a, a tweet about if you guys were at telltale meet us here. Uh, I think it's on like Monday or something like that. Um, um, at, at this, at this place and we could talk. So, about like getting a new job, so it's really great. You know, the down the downside you hear about these closures all the time, like Capcom Vancouver uh, closed their studio. Yep. Um, like 120 people lost their job last week. Um, 
And it's just like as shitty as that side of the business is, like, you know, like it's probably the one you hear about the most layoffs in. Um, but it's always kind of, I guess, the bright side. It's always great how like the community gets together, and like people like whenever you hear about, it, hey, like you'll see EA, Ubisoft, smaller companies, things like that, like all posting like we're hiring. Like, here's a link. Check us out. And you got Ubisoft after now, like having basically like a job fair for these guys uh, in San Francisco, where the where the studio is located at. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a bittersweet thing. So maybe, you know, I've worked for a company before where you kind of see the writing on the wall where we went from 500 employees to 60 employees in just a few months. Uh, yep. I've been and, in similar situations before, too, where, like, I was at a company where we basically had about, like, what, 40, 50 different stuff of people, and all of a sudden it was just cut down to about uh, not even, like, just a little over half that until we were, like, about 15 or so. Yeah. Jeez. Never yeah. a good feeling. No. It wasn't a good feeling at all. I mean, hell, a lot of people they were working with for a long time, all of a sudden, randomly, one day, just goes forth and just, they're not working with anymore. They're either yeah. quit or they either been let go or moved other places and stuff. And that totally shakes up the morale of, like, the work environment for those that are left. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, it, and I wonder if they, could, I mean, I'm assuming they, they probably saw the writing on the wall or at least knew th- things weren't going well maybe they didn't know how bad it was um but you know i, I like i said I've, I've been in a company that we lost over 80 percent of our staff in just you know a few months and we all saw that we a lot of us saw the writing on the wall a year plus out um but a lot of us stuck around a uh, majority of us stuck around and you know eventually at a certain point uh i i made the call the jump the jump off the i was one of the rats jumping off the sinking ship uh, I was lucky enough to be one of those people who didn't lose my job, but um, it was it was you know it was, it was a tough time where it's just like these people you, you work with for years, um, all of a sudden they're gone now. <laughs> you never hear from them again. Um, yeah. The people you talk to every you t- these people you talk to every day, all of a sudden you just you never know what happened to them. Um, you assume they're doing well, but you, you don't know. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's a really crappy situation to be in. Um, especially in that, in this case where they got nothing, they live in San Francisco, the most expensive city in the United States and yep. they have no benefits, no money, no, no severance. Uh, most of them can't get unemployment. So I hope, you know, everything works out for them in the end. This might be, a, you know, for me, it worked out. I was, I'm much better off than, uh, than where I was three years ago at that last job. And maybe for some of these guys, um, this might be really bad now, but a year from now, this might be the best thing that ever happened to them. Um, so, you know, here's looking up. Um, hopefully, you know, those guys lay on their feet. Uh, but once again, thank you guys. Good fortune. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Good fortune and good luck. Yes. Um, but um, get the sad stuff out of the way, I guess. Uh, let's, let's try to do a hard segue into some of the more positive stuff. Um, okay. This is a kind of, this is a cool thing that happened. Uh, PlayStation Classic was announced. Yes. Uh, it's going to be $100. It launches on December 3rd. Uh, there's going to be 20 games on it. Um, five of them have been announced so far. The five are Final Fantasy VII, Tekken 3, Wild Arm, Jumping Flash, and Ridge Racer Ridge Racer Type 4. Um, so 15 games still have to be announced. Uh, they said there's going to be no online functionality. It comes with two controllers. Um, there's no, So you can't add any more games to it, which uh, that was a question out there. I don't think it's a big shock that's not going to be the case. Um, but, I mean, games, you have the NES Classic and the SNES Classic. 
you, you see yourself getting that PlayStation Classic. It all depends upon the next 15 games they unveil, to be perfectly honest with you. Tekken 3 and Final Fantasy 7, I know, are very popular games, and I have both of them on the PS1. They, honestly, I would need something a little bit more to try to tempt me into try to buying this. I mean, here's what we've seen so far from the games that have been unveiled. A lot of which are very significant to the PlayStation's ecosystem back in the, around the uh, middle to late 90s. Final Fantasy VII being one of the most influential RPGs of that system in that generation. Then you have uh, lesser-known RPG Wild Arms, which that's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tekken 3... That's a great fighting game. Jumping Flash is considered one of the uh, first 3D platformer style of games before Mario 64. And then you have Ridge Racer Type 4, which, hey, that's supposed to be a decent racing game. But in order for me to jump on this bandwagon here of actually trying to buy this PlayStation 1 Classic, it needs to have the right sort of games in order to adhere to the... Not only to my tastes, but just a broader tastes of, like, everyone else. So I'm talking about games that uh, many people would recognize, would know. And I'm definitely talking about gaming franchises that should be... That Sony should reach out to. Like, say, Konami, for example. They yeah. should try to get games like Metal Gear Solid, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, or even Silent Hill. So Those I'm... three games are synonymous. Yeah, so I was going to ask you... Um, what. So, I, I, this is what actually one of the things I was going to lead to was, if, yeah. say, Sony calls us and says, what are the 15 games? You guys get to decide the last 15 games. Okay. What should they be? No no issues about licenses, things like that. Okay. What are the 15 things should be on there? So, I figured that we would go... Uh, so, I think those are the three I think those are the three we all agree on. MGS, Silent Hill, and yep. then uh, Castlevania. Castlevania. Yep. So... Um, so I'm just gonna I'm typing in there. Sorry about that. Uh, but so we got we got 12 more games. What right. else? What, here's my question: Do do the the Crash games get on there? And if so, all three of them? Hmm. Or just one? Should we pick like? Do we pick one? Resident hmm. Evil should that be on there? Well, here's the thing. When it comes to the games in and of itself, DualShock-enabled games is going to be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, because they don't have the DualShock. Oh, because they don't have the DualShock. So. There's only one game that requires it. It's, um... Oh, fuck. I Ape Escape. Ape Escape, yes. Thank you. So that's yeah, the only Ape game Escape that requires only, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the only game that really requires it. But other than that, most of the early PS1 games, upwards until I would say around 98, 99, when the DualShock was actually introduced... Mm-hmm. There were plenty of them that never even used the DualShock. They had to use that uh, the PlayStation's D-pad, which <laughs> oh, I, I don't like that D-pad at all. No. But uh, the games that I would think, other than those three I just mentioned, hmm. Obviously, there would need to be some form of a Crash Bandicoot game on there. That's synonymous with PlayStation from the early days. So, in terms of how many of them, I would probably think that they're probably going to get one of them. So it's probably going to be the original Crash Bandicoot. Okay. Personally, so Crash One. Okay. Do we, do we do we put Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil game on there? Probably Resident Evil One. I think that should go on that yeah, list. Yeah, I um, actually I think Resident Evil One would probably make the most sense since it does have the tank controls and they <clears throat> did not have anything in terms of the DualShock support until like later on games and the later on that uh, console's life cycle. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Spyro. 
Spyro, most definitely, I would say probably one game from Spyro, and that's probably going to be the original one as well. Okay. Um, let's see if I pull the list here. So, Ooh. how many do we got so far? We're up to we got the, we got one, two, three, four, five, six. We got nine more we can we can do. Okay. Do we put another Final Fantasy in there? Yes, I think we would put in Final Fantasy nine. Nine. Okay. To be. Exact, because I, the reason why I would not say Final Fantasy VIII is because there are translation issues with the game in and of itself, and it's mostly one of the reasons why that that game was not announced by Square Enix to release on Switch is because of them having to re-go back and actually have to rework entire portions of that game in order to make it work properly <laughs> to re-release. Yeah. But that may not be the issue, honestly. And thinking about it now, if... If, say, they could get, like, uh, just one more Final Fantasy game on there... Actually, I wouldn't even think Final Fantasy IX, honestly. I would think Final Fantasy Tactics. Do you think all three? No. Okay. I don't think all three, because what I think Sony's going to do is they're going to have the first wave of this PlayStation Classic, and then the next year they're probably going to do a DualShock version of it. So the games that were enabled with the DualShock will be released next year for the same price, $100. Okay. But, um, so like a PlayStation Classic Volume Two. Okay. What about um, Gran Turismo? Yes, definitely a Gran Turismo game. If I had to choose, it probably would be the second one. Okay. Um, I forget whether the second one had DualShock support though. Nineteen ninety nine, so probably. Okay, so probably the original Gran Turismo. Okay. Okay, so I'm looking at a list here. Um, well, you're looking at a list. I'm trying to think off cuff here. Would one of the original GTAs be on there, possibly? Ooh, Tomb Raider. Hmm. Actually, the original Tomb Raider could be a bit of a stretch, though. But I wouldn't think that it wouldn't be like totally out of the question. So yeah, let's put out the original Tomb Raider. Okay. Did you put the original GTA on there? Honestly, I probably wouldn't, only okay. because it's... I know it's vastly different than the GTA that uh, is out now, but uh, I wouldn't think GTA would okay. be on there. I would think I would think more or less Twisted Metal being on there more so oh, than I would GTA. that's a good one. GTA. Yeah. And, not just any, and not just any Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal 2. Yeah, you gotta get two in there. Parappa the Rapper? Parappa the Rapper is a given, I think. I just typed raver. Oops. <laughs> Oopsie. Oh, speaking of raver stuff, how about either? Let's see. You could get like a Soul Reaver game in there, or even Blood Omen. Because those things are pretty. Yeah, I know there's a lot of great PlayStation games, but I think there are gonna be a good portion, like maybe three to four, possibly like RPGs, including like say Final Fantasy VII and stuff. So it's gonna be. Let's see, Final Fantasy VII, you have Wild Arms that are announced originally. So, so I know Leg Final Fantasy Tactics is a tactics game. Yeah. Uh, Oddworld, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, I think those two. Hmm. The original Oddworld, I would definitely say, is probably more or less going to happen, possibly, for that, uh, for that system. So we got <laughs> three spots left. You want okay. to put you want to put Legacy left. of Cain Soul Reaver in there? Mm, no, because there is another game series which I think would be better represented inside there, and that's 
Oh my gosh, I I just had it in my head just a moment ago right here. Which Siphon Filter. Oh, okay, Siphon Filter. Alright. Siphon Filter. That game franchise has not been touched since the original PlayStation games. Okay. Days. So the first Siphon Filter should be inside there. What about D? Nah, no. Oh man, okay. No. If Justin was no. here right now, he'd be so pissed off at you. <laughs> there's certain quality of games and there's vampire hunter d anyway pepsi man <laughs> i thought that would please some people but no i don't think pepsi man's gonna make it on there <laughs> crash team racing Ooh, no no not the first i think it would be going forth and like maybe the volume two of like a playstation classic okay um oh, trying to see because we got one two Adventure three games. four Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. We got two spots left. Okay. So we got two spots left, and we're trying to think of some of the earlier games here. Not just earlier games, but. Hmm. Ooh. Oh, man, what about some too extreme? How about cool borders? Cool borders, we could do. Cool borders, and then. Oh boy! I used to love those games. That's the two extreme game back in the day. Badass game. Yeah, and I think the last one. Let's see. I think the last one should be something. Oh, something familiar. Hot Shots Golf. Was that was that PS One? Yeah, yeah. Hot Shots Golf. Go with the original Hot Shots Golf. All right. Cool. That's our fifteen then. All right. Hot Shots Golf. All right. Right back in just a moment. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool list though. So our top, so our twenty games are uh, the five included already. We know for a fact: Final Fantasy VII, Tekken Three, Wild Arm, Jumping Flash, and Ridge Racer Type Four. I have no idea what Jumping Flash is, by the way. Um, the fifteen that we picked out: uh, Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hill, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, Crash One, uh, Resident Evil One, Spiral the Dragon, Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, uh, Grand Chosen One. Sorry. The original Tomb Raider, Twisted Metal 2, Parappa the Rapper, Oddworld, Siphon Filter, Cool Borders, and Hot Shots Golf. So those are those are our 20 games. Uh, I'm curious if you would buy that. Because um, I'd buy that probably just for MGS alone. Um, but I guess for, uh, you know, Gables kind of gave his opinion on it. Um, I, I I saw it. Um, I have the NES and SES and Classic as well. Still have yet to open them. I've actually owned two, two uh, European SNES Classics. Gave one away last year for Extra Life. Um, but I, I actually I have pre-ordered one. Uh, I don't know if I'll keep it yet. I'm going to see what those 15 games are. Um, $100 is a little bit on that pricey end for me, I think. Uh, it's, a little, it's pushing it quite a bit there. Two controllers, but whatever. Um, you know, the NES Classic being at 60 bucks, that's like, ah, it's an impulse buy. Even 80 for the SNES Classic is still in that fringe level. Of an, of a, excuse me, of a um, impulse buy, um, this being at a hundred, especially that generation, which everybody always talks about, and I think most people agree, that generation, that first generation with 3D models, it's just it doesn't age super well. Um, so, uh, hundred bucks for that is a little rough, um, but it looks cool. I think it'd be cool to have. Um, so I, I'll probably end up getting it. Uh, it's selling out quite a bit everywhere now. Uh, it wasn't at first. It seemed like it was a little more readily available. But um, 
at least online, a lot of places uh, are no longer taking pre-orders. So if you find one and you're at least at the very least curious or at least interested in it, I'd say pre-order one uh, just to get it in. That's that's what I did. Um, just in case you know something happens with those those fifteen and it wows me and something I don't remember or something shocks me, uh, I'll pick it up. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, when I first heard about it, and I think a lot of people were that same way, at least according to Twitter. Uh, the PlayStation Classic name, the going with the classic. Uh, a lot of people kind of laughed at that, but uh, someone made a good point uh, I saw um, about how PlayStation has been referring to the PS1 games as PlayStation Classics for. Um, about a decade now, so it's not really like you know, people are like ah oh, they're just copying off of the SNES classic and the NES classic, which yes they are, um, but people were knocking them for taking the name, uh, but technically they've been referring to them longer than they ha- than Nintendo has, um, so but to that I get you know I'm not saying Nintendo copied off the PlayStation, but um, I think it was, it was a little overblown I think, but uh, yeah I don't know I think it's kind of cool. I, um, and, you know, I hope it, uh, I hope this, this sells well, uh, and it's kind of cool if we see a, do we see a PlayStation 2 classic? Do we see a PSP classic? I would love that, just for the, the UMD of Terminator 2 on, uh, on, on PSP, just so I can carry that around and watch that again, because I was like, I own like three things on, on the, on the PlayStation Portable. It was best of, uh, Saturday Night Live, best of Chris Farley. Terminator 2, and then some, uh, metal, was it Metal Gear Solid Portal Ops? Those are the three things that I ever, I ever, I ever owned on that thing. Uh, that was a shit console. Um, it's like PlayStation's bad at making portables. Uh, Gable's gone, so I'm just kind of rambling right now, is really what I'm doing. Um, yeah, he'll be back, I hope, shortly. I hope. Um, I don't know, I can't, I can't do this much longer without him. Uh, but let's, I guess, you know, he's not here, so I'm just going to move on. I've rambled enough about it. So, our last... Um, or no, we actually got one more topic to talk about. I'm sorry. We have two more topics to talk about. Wow. Uh, but, um, speaking of... Going, sticking with the with PlayStation, uh, they announced uh, a pretty cool thing with PlayStation Now, which people don't know. Uh, PlayStation Now is a service they've had around for a few years now where you can subscribe. I think it's like... Um, I think it's like... 20 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month or it's like 120 bucks a year it's, or 150 bucks. I can't remember what it is. It, it's, it's not cheap, but, um, they have a deal, um, now with places now, uh, it's too many nows. Um, but you can, if you're a subscriber, you can, uh, download, you have options to download, um, play PlayStation four and PS two games, uh, in the, in the, for the service. Uh, so instead of streaming them, like you are, uh, like we we've all been doing that. People have had it. Um, certain games on on P, for certain PS4 games, you can download directly to your console, um, and I think all the PlayStation 2 games you can download as well. Um, so kind of a cool thing, I think. Uh, also, um, if you any of the games that are downloadable, you can also download um, all of the DLC and some of the microtransactions, I guess, too, if you want to. Um, I don't know why you want to do that, but you can. Uh, use it the, the in the um, blog post that PlayStation had. Um, it said you have to connect to the internet every few days to verify your user description, which makes sense. Uh, and then uh, if you are a new subscriber, they have a deal that goes on until uh, I believe on Tuesday it ends. Um, so through Tuesday, the twenty fifth, um, for new subscribers only, you can get it for uh, a month for ten dollars. 
uh, three months for 30 or you can get it for a year for $100 if you want to do that. So if you're interested in doing that, there's a deal for you to start off with. Um, Gables, are you back? No, he's not. He's not back yet. Shit. Um, so, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of a cool thing that they're doing, once again. Um, oh, I hear Gables. Is he back? Is that Gables? I think I hear him. Boop, 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 boop. I'm back. What? What is this? Your interlude music? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I ran out of things to talk about, <laughs> so I heard so, you coming. So I just started humming the Wii music, uh, mini music. <laughs> we'll be right back to your scheduled programs. <laughs> I'm just gonna, when you walk when you walked away, I'm just gonna cut the episode of me doing that. <laughs> um, but moving on to our last topic, Gables. Uh, so yes. Are, it's one of my favorite things of the month. It is MPDs. Uh, oh, here so we go. The, these are the top twenty uh, uh, money earning games uh, for the for the previous month. So this is August. Um, I'm going to start from number twenty and work my way up. So number twenty, Crew Two. Nineteen, We Happy Few. Eighteen, Lego The Incredibles. Seventeen, Overwatch. Sixteen, Mario Tennis Aces. Fifteen, uh, Call of Duty World War Two. Fourteen, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Uh, which was like a late August release for the Switch. Uh, 13, Far Cry 5. 12, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. 11, Minecraft. 10, Mario Odyssey. 9, Breath of the Wild. 8, this is the craziest one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> 2009 classics in the top, in number 8. Um, wait, 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 wait. Last month. And is that like an Xbox 360 game, or is that the actually a re-release? Or no, there's no re-release. Uh, it, I think it was added to the Game Pass feature, or no, it was yeah, it was added to the backwards compatibility last month, I believe. And more people bought Modern Warfare 2, the 360 version. Yeah, uh, yeah. What the so, fuck is wrong with you people? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> people, people I don't care what you play, but still. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, the. Uh, I know, right? That's probably the craziest thing I've ever, one of the craziest things I've ever seen in this MPD. Uh, <laughs> a 10-year-old online game, man. That's crazy. Yeah, so like I said, it was recently added to backwards compatibility. Uh, and then I think there was a big sale on it digitally. So people... This is this is all digital sales, by the way. Obviously, there's no one... No one's going out to GameStop buying a brand new copy of Modern Warfare 2. Can't do that. Um, seven, God of War. Six, Naruto to Baruto? Fucking really? Shinobi Striker. Okay. Uh, that's a thing. Uh, five Mario Kart Eight, four of course GTA Five, three Rainbow Six Siege, um, two Monster Hunter World, uh, released on PC last month, and then number one of course Madden NFL Nineteen. Um, 
Okay, that's no surprise for number one. Yeah, number one, uh, obviously, no surprise there. Uh, that's always number one uh, in August, for the August. Uh, Monster Hunter World, number two. That's awesome to hear. Uh, that is awesome to hear. It not- released earlier on this year for the PS4, and now the PC version's finally out. Yeah, so great to see that it's, you know, there's still some buzz around that game. I know there's a lot of concerns about that game, uh, just because maybe, like, the buzz worn off by then. But it's great to see that up there. Rainbow Six Siege and GTA V, those games are always up there. Uh, crazy to still see them that high. But, you know, August was um, kind of a slower month than usual. Usually you still see a few bigger games come out in August. We really didn't see that. Um, but uh, kind of looking through here, uh, Modern Warfare 2, obviously the biggest uh, one of them all being on that list. Um, yep. But Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, that's cool to hear. The, you know, a Switch exclusive game that was a... Uh, a port of a 3ds game cool to see it up there um i, I heard this um because uh, I, fo- I can't remember his name but i follow the guy that that like he well that he, he's like the mpd guy on twitter and he mentioned last month's number one can you, do you remember what it was oh my god last month's number one it came or um, um july's number one i should say um um um, um oh boy i don't remember that <laughs> so it was a switch exclusive mm-hmm Octopath Traveler. That fell off quick. Not even in the top twenty. Wow. Yeah. So I I'm wondering if it was maybe the lack of keeping up with the in game stock because uh, Nintendo doesn't include digital sales in their their uh, NPDs uh, standings. So maybe that game sold like crazy on on um, digital, but as far as physical goes, uh, it didn't do super well. Apparently, especially seeing the fact Modern Warfare 2 was number 8 last month. Um, you know, so that means it took a big nosedive on a physical standpoint. So that's kind of a bummer to see. Um, that's like the most shocking thing about this list. Actually, I think more than Modern Warfare 2. And that's not even on this list. That's how big of a deal it is to me. Um, but, you know, like like I said, last August, not a big month, big crazy month. So you're seeing a lot of repeats on here. A lot of games are almost always on here. Um, and then obviously no surprise Madden, Madden NFL 19 but anything you want to add on that one to be really honest with you other than the fact that one Octopath Traveler is not even on the list since it was number one in July's MPD and the fact that Modern Warfare 2 somehow some way is back on the MPD after being offered like a couple of years at least like, like nine years yeah <laughs> that is probably one of the more shocking MPD listings I've seen in a while, or I've heard about in a while, because everything else seems to be more routine. Okay, Madden's number one for the month of August. We kind of give that. We kind of get that that was going to be the thing because Madden does that every year, where mm-hmm. it's always consistently inside that top ten from the time it releases to the end of the year. Yep. But uh, other than that, though, I mean, there are other like types of things that. Uh, I'm not surprised of as well, like how well GTA Five is still doing. Zelda Breath of the Wild still remaining in that top ten. Yeah, man, man, that's pretty cool. But yeah, uh, yeah, just there were just a few surprises here, and I thought that was actually pretty solid of a, of a surprising month. Yeah, yeah, it seems like Mario Kart Eight is always in the top ten, and you got Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild and Odyssey always floating around. The, uh, oh yeah, the top ten list somewhere like that. Oh yeah, they'll it. continue to float on up until that console's in that console's life cycle. Yeah, I like, kid you not. I'll call it right now. It's that this has happened like with past Nintendo systems before, where it's like 
say the Wii, like Mario Kart Wii and like Mario Odyssey and like uh, stuff like that were like constantly in the MPD stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, cool. It's cool to see. Big bummer about um, um, Octopath Traveler, though, of course. But hopefully yeah. that's just a issue of not being able to get physical um, copies out in the store shelves. Then uh, interest in the game was dropped. But um, let's move into uh, what we've been playing, though, this week. Uh, Gables, do you want to start or do you want me to start? You can start this time. Okay. Uh, I've only been playing one game this week. It is, uh, I talked about a little bit. I mentioned I was playing it last week, but I didn't talk about it really. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider uh, dropped mm-hmm. last Friday. Um, I didn't want to talk about last week because I, I was focusing mostly on Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. And I only played a couple hours of it. I played a little bit more of it. It's been kind of a busy week. Uh, I, I didn't get the luxury of having um, launch day off like I did for Spider-Man. Um, I, I think I'm probably in that six-hour range for this game. Um, but, okay, that's respectable. Yeah. Like, what, halfway through it? Uh, I, I, have, I have no clue. I've been I've been doing some. I've probably done a decent amount of side stuff. So I don't know right. how. I just got a gun like an okay. hour ago in the game. So oh gosh, gosh. Yeah. So I think I'm I'm kind of getting through it fairly slowly. But um, I, I'm someone that's re- I really like this new Tomb Raider. Like I I cared nothing at all about Tomb Raider up until the reboot in 2013 <laughs> that's kind of like me as well <laughs> yeah uh you know I, and i i played that one i was like when it came out i, I didn't have any interest in it really even when it came out though uh back in 2013 and everybody's like oh it's like it's just it's kind of like it's it's like their own version of uncharted which i'm like i love uncharted i'll take a uncharted like game for sure uh and i picked it up and played it i loved it um one of my 10 best game one of my 10 favorite games of 2013 when it came out um it's just been kind of like the last five years maybe one of the most underrated franchises i think uh where they consistently been doing really well with this franchise like rise of tomb raider came out uh in like 2015 it's the problem is with this franchise they just kind of uh, as a, a square enix kind of bungled it from the start where uh mm-hmm. They like, they almost closed the studio because it, like it sold like three million copies, but it still lost money, the original one, um, and I was just like, oh, we're never gonna see a sequel. And then we got a sequel, and it, but then they screwed it up because they made it like Xbox exclusive for a year when nobody played Xbox One. So it came out and you know everybody was, it was all on the PlayStation Four bandwagon, so it kind of got lost in the weeds. And they released it a year later on the PS Four, and it's just like. It, during I think it was like 2016, which is a, a really outstanding year, uh, and it got lost in the shuffle because um, it released it in the middle. They released it in the winter uh, of or the holiday season in 2015, then released it again on PS4 in holiday 2016. So it just got lost in the shuffle there. Um, now here it is released in September, the week after Spider-Man, and it's got its own buzz. It's it's probably the because um, remember the first one came out. It was mm-hmm. right, right around Bioshock. Uh, what was the third one? Bioshock Infinite came out. Yes, it was like right sandwiched in between Gears of War Judgment and Bioshock Infinite, and it was just like it got lost. It's like Titanfall. It's like Titanfall too, where it just got sandwiched between two very popular franchises. One out, one outstanding game, Bioshock Infinite, um, and just it's never really. I think it's never really got its full. Uh, Justice, or I don't know, justice is the word I want to use, but it, it, it doesn't deserve the praise it gets, I guess is what I want to say. Um, and this one, it feels like it's getting a decent amount more, but it's not 
what it should be, I think. Um, but anyways, about this game, um, you know, you're, you're, it continues on the story of Lara uh, dealing with this evil corporation, Trinity, uh, this group that's trying to like take get these uh, treasures that they can basically rule the world with. And and this one, like she's in the in the, in the first like Tomb Raider one, she's like this. She's just like a archaeologist that's trying to solve her dad's. Uh, searches that he was he was doing uh and like remember in the first one she kills somebody and it's like this huge moment like because she was she wasn't a murderer she didn't she barely used a gun she wasn't like anything like that at all uh she was just a researcher and now it's like in the second one it kind of progressed more towards her trying to stop these guys and this one she's like she's kind of more stone cold about things about how um she is She's just so she's gonna do what she wants. She's got to do to get the shit done, but she's also okay. more kind of you know, um, she's not as like likable and charming as she was in the first one. I think it's by design, um, where she is, um, she she has no qualms about like hurting people or doing what she's got to do to get to, to stop Trinity, um, and even like she's almost like unlikable in a way uh, in this game where she's just kind of cocky and arrogant. Um, she cusses a lot in this one, which isn't, you know, that's not a bad thing, but she's just, I, I don't remember her cussing too much in the first two games and I, I consistently hear her drop F-bombs and shit and stuff like that. Uh, and the way she is with her best friend, Jonah, who's in the, who's been in the, in the first two games, uh, she's kind of treats him like shit, really. Um, which sucks. I like Jonah. Jonah's good. He's kind of a cool guy. Um, and yeah, it's just like. Like she even like she starts the apocalypse in this game. Like her, she she is so like she can't control herself that she um, starts it and like it. It's just a weird storyline where like you're you're playing as a character that's kind of unlikable, uh, but you're also progressing. You, you're 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 one doing this in a weird way too. Um, but um, like I said, it's all by I think it's all by design through the story. Um, but the, the the gameplay itself, they haven't changed it too much. It's very similar to the other ones, but this one it seems to focus more on like the, the tomb raiding side of things, where like the first one was was more like puzzle based and more there's more tombs and stuff you can do, and the second one seemed more action oriented, uh, and so basically like Uncharted. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it was kind of funny in ways like uh, like I remember Uncharted Four came out and it was like it was cause, yeah they kind of took a couple things from Tomb Raider, and when and now you know. But yeah, anyway, it's basically it really is the whole trilogy is kind of like a, a, a take on Uncharted, which, like I said, I'm not gonna knock it too much uh, for for doing that because I, I like Uncharted, so I'm happy to have more games like Uncharted. Um, but they do their own a decent job of kind of twisting, making their own with some Metroidvania kind of stuff to it too. It's more open world things, but um, yeah, this the second one was was much more felt like much more of a shooter. Than a puzzler where there was very few tombs and very few puzzles, um, and it was just like a, more of a shooter game than it was a platforming game. And this one, it kind of it's going back a little more towards what the original Tomb Raider was, where it's more um, uh, a lot like you spend a lot of the game by yourself. There's not a lot of enemies, at least in the gameplays I the gameplay I've played so far. Like I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, going making my way through puzzles. And uh, I found a lot, there's a lot more, the first game I think only had a few tombs in it, and they're all side ones, there was no actual, like, gameplay ones. This one, there's, like, a, I, I've already found, like, 
five, I think, tombs, like side ones, and I've already gone through a couple in the main game. So, and like I said, I haven't played a super ton of this game. Um, so I like that part of it because, like, I like the combat. Like, the combat's fun. Um, but the the thing I liked about it most was was the platforming elements of it, the puzzle solving. Um, so it's going. It seems like it's going back more towards that so far. And when you do are when you are in combat, it's more focused, I think, on the stealth side of things. Where I mean, every fight I've been in so far, uh, every inter- enemy encounter encounter I've had so far, I didn't have to. I, I wouldn't even have to like uh, get into a firefight with them. I didn't want to. A couple of them have broken into that, uh, but most of it, the rest of it, you can just stealth your way through it with with your bow or stealth attacks. So um, I'm definitely. You know, like I said, I, I, I played it five or six hours of it, but I'm very early in the story. Um, I want to, I'm definitely going to keep playing it. I don't know how much much of this game I have left to complete. I don't think I'm super, I don't think I'm like really close to finishing it. Uh, but so far, I think it's on the right track. Uh, even with having, I think it's Eidos Montreal that's making this one. Um, I can't remember the name of the other company, but they, they're they making an uh, Avengers game right now. But, you know, with them doing it, I was really nervous. So far, I'm liking it. Um, and I'll talk about it a little more next week. Uh, but Gables, what have you been playing? Alright, so I have been playing a couple new games this week, but before I get into that, just wanted to give a little bit of a WoW update, where okay. I am currently at level 83. I have finally gotten towards the first expansion where I'm actually following track of the story, because the story kind of is almost front and center. And I'm talking about the expansion for the Mists of Pandaria. Now, Pandaria is kind of a little bit different than what I've faced so far inside things like uh, Burning Crusade and like uh, Lich King and stuff. And uh, it's kind of funny, after I got through some of the things, the Lich King stuff, and I got upwards to level 80, it actually presents you with the option of, oh, you want to do Cataclysm expansion or do you want to do Mr. Pandaria instead? So after doing a little bit of research, I went with Pandaria only because the missions are kind of clustered together in sort of a way and plus there are specific profession stuff that I want to try to level up and kind of advance forward with kind of like the fishing stuff so I kind of so that's one of the reasons why I decided to go that route as instead of going to cataclysm which is a bunch of underwater stuff which I don't kind of I don't really like doing underwater stuff in general in games so had just thinking about the idea of having to swim and try to keep track of a meter my breath meter and stuff while doing things. This does not sound appealing whatsoever. <laughs> I'm sure you've had that kind of like uh, stuff while you're playing games too, Tyler. Oh yeah, like... no, like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. A lot of it's underwater. Which, oh like, boy, not a lot of things in games bug me, but I hate like underwater stuff. Oh yeah, gaming. like Mario levels are like the worst thing in the world to me. Uh, up there with Nazis. Uh, but then like also games where it's like like this where you're swimming. Like Uncharted was that way too, where like. It kind of makes me claustrophobic. It makes you uncomfortable when you're, when you're underwater swimming. And like you got to worry about like yeah, like uh, your your air that you have. You're like on the verge of drowning at all times. It, I I hate it. Yeah, that's kind of like the same thing that's happened with me while I've been playing. Like wow, is I be doing an underwater fight and stuff, and I'd be really getting into it and stuff, and I go across a couple of characters, and then all of a sudden randomly, I just. I just see my character's death animation. I just realize, oh, that's right. I'm underwater <laughs> right now. Oh, <laughs> oh but uh, other than that, though, like I said before, I'm at level 83. I'm edging ever so closer, trying to get my character to 120, get it ready for whatever. <laughs> but uh, in between that time and stuff, I want to try to get my professions up because I want to try to get my fishing stuff done, my mining, my blacksmithing. Just There's a whole bunch of things I can go into. 
quintessentially. But my main focus is leveling and getting some better gear. But uh, that's that. So one of the first game, one of the first new games I've played in a while is uh, Mantis Burn Racing. That game is available on the Switch and on PS4 and stuff. I picked it up as part of a eShop sale a while ago, and I hadn't had a chance to really try a bunch of it up until this week. So here I am. I just go through and uh, I turn on my Switch for the first time in so many <laughs> different weeks. I went through and I end up getting that three-month thing for uh, the Nintendo Switch Online stuff. And uh, I decided to try... Okay, let's let's go ahead and while this thing's downloading, let's go and play some Mantis Burn Racing. So quintessentially what it is, it's basically sort of like a RC racer style racing game where you have different mission objectives, have various other stuff. In a way, the, the quality of the game itself kind of reminds me of the Riptide GP game that I was playing on Switch earlier, to where it's the look of the game and the music are sort of average at best. But uh, if you try to listen to it like in extended periods of time, it sort of grains on you. I, uh, let's see. The mission stuff is not that bad, and I think the gameplay is pretty uh, easy and understandable to get around and stuff. But after playing about a good solid, what was it? half an hour during earlier parts of this week and then all of a sudden I decided to play it for another like half an hour or so today. I'm not really feeling this game at all right now. I'm not too sure whether it's not the presentation of the game or the way it's structured or how the gameplay is, but uh, I, I don't know. There's just sometimes when I play specific games of a like a, a genre, I kind of expect a little bit more out of it. Like, for example, the closest game I can really compare Mantis Burn Racing to that I've played through and enjoyed was, like, Motorstorm RC. Hmm. Only, this one is more... Like, Mantis Burn Racing is more of a top-down perspective. And there are different types of modes that uh, you can do this game. Like, uh, you do have your time trials and stuff. You do have your standard racing and stuff but uh, some of the mission structures are kind of weird to where there are some options where you it's like a best of two races or something like that then you do a time trial but also you have the options to upgrade your car if you want to by earning these different types of equipable mods or something to equip onto your car based upon how many slots that you have for each car and you can upgrade how many slots you can have and this and that so there is some bit of complexity to this racing game and it can be fun in bursts and stuff when you're going through and just doing races. And it's more or less you timing your drifts just right by uh, somehow balancing your control stick and stuff. It's not as smooth as, say, like a Mario Kart would be or like how MotorStorm RC would be in certain things we do turns. It's totally based upon the analog stick and how like uh, how softly you can, t you can actually like uh, push it to the left or to the right. Because that's the thing. Whenever you go through corners while playing Mantis Burn Racing, sometimes your car, if you if you hold it on for too long, it's gonna spin. It's gonna spin. Your car is gonna have like this awkward angle to where it's gonna slam into the walls or something like that. Or like, it's just hypersensitive. The steer mechanic is for this game. I'm not too sure whether if it's just the equipped mods or something, or maybe just the car in general, like the stats of it, because I haven't really gotten too far past where I'm at right now, but I'm definitely coming, I'm definitely getting the impression where this game 
yeah, this game is fun in bursts, but I don't think I'm really into it as much as I want to be. But uh, other than that, though, the other new game that I had a chance to play a little bit of that I just started today was a game called Plague Road. Now, Plague Road is a game, it's sort of like a strategy, it's sort of like a turn-based strategy game to where it there's some where basically you you play as this character called the doctor right and you have to go through and try to recruit a lot of these you have to rescue these various villagers from different types of monsters and this and that and it's like i was saying previously about mantis burn racing where it's definitely gives you the impression of the game kind of feeling average at best and stuff but the gameplay core aspects of it can be fun in bursts and stuff and it's just kind of weird though because it's like it feels like a lot of the enemies are overpowered on purpose in the beginning portions of the game so it kind of makes you like you end up dying like a quite a few times and stuff before you get a bunch of decent villagers here and there because i've already died like about two or three times in this uh start of the game it's not even an hour yet because i wanted to try to go through and uh, rescue a couple villagers that were required for this one NPC character and stuff. But uh, I've already went through a lot of my health potions and a lot of the stamina stuff that the game gives you. So I get the impression this game is brutally hard to, like, say, further down the road. It's probably going to get even tougher than that. And that kind of gets me a little bit of a turnoff. Not because of the difficulty thing at the beginning, but just the fact that... Uh, I'm not really more or less in the mood to play this type of a game. <laughs> but the positive stuff about it is the st- the art style of it looks pretty fun. It actually looks pretty dark and stuff in and of itself. A lot of the voice acting stuff that I've heard so far is actually covered by uh, former games journalist Jim Sterling, which actually is hmm. pretty fun just to hear his like open dialogue and stuff and how he gets into a lot of uh, the game's text and dialogue. I mean, that's enjoyable to me. He has a perfect voice for that, that kind of dark campy sort of like carnival horror style of game that this is kind of representative of it being but uh at the same time and stuff this is another game where i felt like okay this is kind of an average at best game this is definitely something that you play in between a couple of major games that you want so yeah ultimately mantis burn racing and play road from what i've played so far they're not bad games i mean i don't believe they're bad games at all at their core, though, they're definitely games I want to put on the back burner, and I'm not going to really focus too much on, because I want I just want something else that's going to hook me in between playing Warcraft and trying to play a little bit of Earthbound here and there. Which, speaking of lists, while well, speaking of which, pardon my slip of the tongue, huh, Earthbound, yes, that's the last game I've been playing for this week. I have significantly made more progress than the last time so when last we left i got my fourth party member and uh, i went through back to uh, delam i used this teleport beta technique Pooh's like a teleport beta technique to get back to delam to go through this various dungeon and stuff to get my sixth my sanctuary location so that wasn't actually that difficult too much because at the rate that i've been leveling up with my party up to this extent where I'm at now, it feels like I'm not overpowered. It actually feels like I am just at that sweet spot to where 
enemies can surely kill me if I do mess up, and <laughs> trust me, I have messed up plenty of times. <laughs> but at the same point, I feel like I'm in a comfortable level where I can go through and just one-shot some things, but like it presents still like a challenge, even if my party is getting closer to their 60s. <laughs> but uh, yes, I got that the sixth Mindless Sanctuary location, then I teleported myself back to Summers and stuff. And uh, what's kind of funny is I took this sailboat. I took this sailboat all the way down to where I needed it to be at, which is this desert, right? In order to try to investigate some pyramids. And as soon as I go through, all of a sudden I encounter a boss monster called the Kraken. <laughs> so, obviously, from like other folklore things, the Kraken is sort of something with a beak and this and that and stuff. Earthbound's version of the Kraken is basically some sort of giant serpent or something like that that looks sort of like a green dragon with no eyes. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what, though. That was the spot during my initial playthrough of Earthbound that I got stuck on because I could not kill the Kraken. <laughs> I'm happy to report I was able to beat it, but by the skin of my teeth this time. Because <laughs> I was able to survive and I was able to... Make sure it did not wipe me out with a bunch of random, like, elect like, random bunch of attacks. But let's see, I've investigated. Let's see, as soon as I beat the Kraken and stuff, I went to the desert and I went and investigated a whole lot of, like, different things. Like, I got, uh, I got this little NPC character or something that keeps telling me about some, something called the Dungeon Man, who is somewhere in the desert and has his own random dungeon that he has, and it's like a particular tower and stuff. So, after I go through the whole shtick of uh, discovering, like, where the pyramids are at, and going through the sequence of stuff where I have to unlock the front door by basically creating sort of like a star pattern on these switches in order to gain access to this pyramid, I had to go through and get an item called the Hawkeye. Now, the Hawkeye is an item that you need in the next area of the game which I am going to be going through during the next week or so and see how <laughs> see how I fare doing that. But uh, basically what I did is I went through this pyramid and faced all these different types of like Egyptian-style monsters, like from hieroglyphs of foxes and snakes and stuff like that to basically these golden like mummy sarcophaguses and stuff and like these shattered diamond men and all this other crazy crap and stuff. They definitely had some creative enemies in this game, but uh, I'll tell you what, some of the most bizarre things that I've encountered so far was after I got out of the pyramids and stuff, and I'm traveling a bit further through the desert, and all of a, all of a sudden I come across this giant tower, right? It looks like a giant tower with eyes and like a nose or something, sort of like a jack-o'-lantern, but <laughs> it has like almost like a town or something at the top of its tower or something like that. It looks crazy. So, investigating further, I find this other NPC character or something that gives me this key. And he tells me it goes to that tower that uh, I just passed by. So, of course, I go by there. As soon as I enter in, some of the most graining, bizarre music starts playing. And little did I know is this is actually the dungeon for uh, the Dungeon Man <laughs> that I was supposed to find. So, this thing is incredibly easy. There's rest points everywhere. There's a whole bunch of, like, random enemies that uh, that are not over overtly strong, but they can drop various items and this and that. 
and there's actually one floor where it's, it feels like the game designer of the game actually went forth and explained certain enemies. Like some of these enemies, like say the mad ducks and stuff like that, and these gruff goats, and these... And I kid you not, there's actually a little section here that you have these little creatures called little miniature piles of puke. <laughs> They're actually puke monsters, yes. Kind of like similar to how like uh, I was saying weeks ago about uh, Master Belch, which is basically a gigantic like thing of puke. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I went through, I got to the top of the tower, and there's this face on the wall. And basically there's a sign, right? You read the sign, it's like, okay, talk to the face in the wall. That's the dungeon, man. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so, of course, I walk over there. He just congratulates me on, like, on uh, going through his tower and this and that and stuff. And uh, basically, I get the rest of the various items that I got and stuff. And uh, basically, the dungeon man asks me, hey, do you want uh, me to join you on your journey? Blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And, of course, I answer yes and stuff. And so, as I'm leaving the Dungeon Man's, like, tower and stuff, and as I'm exiting the tower itself, I go to walk away, right? And the entire tower of Dungeon Man is following me. Like, literally, the damn thing is walking. <laughs> it's literally walking. It's moving with me. I'm like, oh, oh, he is actually with my party here. And what's kind of crazy is if you face enemies or something like that, he acts as a party member. So he can actually go through and give enemies, like, big old hugs and immobilize <laughs> them or, like, fucking, like, just punch the shit out of them or something. But it only lasts for, like, five minutes because as soon as you get past these palm trees, he gets stuck in the palm trees and you're like... And he's like, well, I can't help you any further. <laughs> huh. Huh. But the funniest part about it is you leave and stuff, and in order to get to the next area, you need a submarine. So, how do you get a submarine in the middle of the desert? You have to go back to Dungeon Man. He lets you back into his tower, and there's a randomly a broken submarine, a broken yellow submarine. <laughs> Here's another Beatles reference there. And you have to have one of your party members fix it. And quintessentially, the last portion of where I'm at right now is... My party and I had just took the submarine all the way down to the next area. Now, at this moment of time, there's only three party members in my crew right now. The reason why is because after I finished the whole pyramid stuff, my uh, newest character, Pooh, had to go and join this one master of uh, the Star Storm technique in order to learn that technique to, for him to use later. I know, it's kind of it's kind of a little bit bizarre though, it's but uh it was unavoidable and stuff, so he has to randomly leave my party as in the middle of when I'm probably gonna need him the most. <laughs> yeah. But uh I managed to survive that and go through the whole thing of Dungeon Man and this and that. But yeah, man, it, this game is constantly surprising me and like how creative a lot of the enemies are and then how bizarre a lot of the different types of things you gotta do and some of the most preposterous like uh, situations that it gets yourself in it definitely has some dark humor to it but there's there's just some sort of general like comfortness in knowing like uh okay i definitely have like over a hundred thousand dollars in my bank right here so i'm gonna go ahead and just spend it on this item equipment stuff or that item equipment stuff or beat these random groups of enemies in one shot because i managed to get them caught them by surprise or something while their back is turned you know it's just little stuff like that it just feels like the game in and of itself, kind of like its first game, Earthbound Beginnings, that I played through, it progressively gets easier the farther you get into this game. 
<laughs> it's a good surprise, though. But, uh, but yes, that is all that I've been playing for this week. And I'll have more on Earthbound and whatever games that I play over the next time. <laughs> cool. Um, well, I think we're going to wrap up the show there, then. Uh, thank you for listening. If you want to hear more from us, we are on Facebook. We have a page and group. Drunk, <clears throat> excuse me. Drunk my spit. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, <dying>. <clears throat> I'm good now. I think. Nope. Choked on again. Uh. Nope. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. I think I'm right. The dungeon uh, man does that to people. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is where I leave you here. Uh, no, uh, check us out on uh, Drunk, Nerds, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast on Facebook, our Facebook page group, uh, Twitter at Drunk Nerds Pod. Uh, uh, now I'm all screwed up now for choking my spit twice. Uh, <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Drunk Nerds Podcast on iTunes at Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast and on YouTube at uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast. Follow us there. Subscribe to us there. Like. Five stars. Thumbs ups. Whatever. Check us out in all those places, please. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I was your host. I was Tyler. And I have been Hot Rod Colonel Gables. And up until next time, everyone, I hope you have yourself a good night. I hope you have yourself a wonderful week. And I hope you play a bunch of fun games or watch whatever the hell you want. But most importantly of all, catch us next time on the Druck Dash Nerds Podcast. Goddamn right. And Gables? Yep. Too sweet. Too sweet. Bye, guys. See ya.